Hello folks, welcome to Jet Cetera, the Winnipeg Free Press podcast about the Jets, sports, and etc. I'm your host, sports editor Steve Lines, and I'm joined as usual by our sports columnist Mike McIntyre. Hello there, Mike. Hello, Steve. How are you today? I'm great. Uh, weather's looking up. 13 uh, degrees today, 17 degrees tomorrow. Uh, episode 61 today, Mike. Uh, we're going to talk about the Jets battling for first in the Canadian division. Blake Wheeler's back in the lineup and saying he's 100% healthy. Some uh, lots of expectations maybe not being met by uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, we'll talk about you getting your jab. And we were going to talk about this later in the, in the podcast, the CFL delaying the start of the season. But since we just got a breaking news email from the Canadian Football League and Commissioner Randy Ambrosi, we're going to talk about that, folks, in the first period. So we're going to juggle things around a little bit. Hopefully that's not overly confusing. Is that if make it, this uh, bomber cetera bomber instead cetera? of jet cetera? Uh, let's not go there. Okay. If you don't like the bombers, folks, you can fast forward fast to forward, the second yeah. or third period. <laughs> <laughs> if you have no interest in what's going on with the CFL, and that's a growing number of people, by Ooh. the way. Um, Burn. While it is. It is. <laughs> I'm sorry, it is. Um, but, okay, so the CFL, let's get to the first period. <laughs> yeah, the CFL has announced that it will return to play. I just love this. It has delayed the start of its season. That's what this it should say until at least August 5th when they hope to have a 14-game season uh, culminating with the Grey Cup December 12th in Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, the, the press release goes on to say that they, the target date is because the plans are subject to the state of COVID-19 across the country, a so-called third wave. I don't know what that means, a so-called third wave. I wondered it, about the it is a, use of it the is term, a third wave. Right, so-called. The so-called third wave. <laughs> Was that like they're doubting that there's a third wave? Anyways, in some provinces, is first, isn't there a third wave? Well, I guess so. In all the CFL provinces, it's uh, yeah, happening. I'm pretty sure they don't have a team in the Maritimes yet, right? No, or PEI. Uh, I mean, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, BC, Ontario. I'm pretty sure there's a third wave going on everywhere. Ah, you know, so-called third wave. Okay, the the, the so-called pandemic that's out there, <laughs> uh, according to the CFL. Um, two things will need to happen for them to kick off on August 5th, Mike. Okay, the, they'll need the approval of public health officials across the country, and they'll need permission from governments, and this is important. Number two, permission from governments to host a significant number of fans in the stands in a significant number of venues at the start of the season and in the rest of our venues soon after that so a 2021 season is financially tenable for our clubs. What do you think of that? Well, and just to... Do you want to translate that for our yeah, listeners, Yeah, just to expand on that, they also say that they would start the season August 5th if... Um, and they use the example that I find interesting here, given what's happening in Ontario, where three of the nine teams are right now. Uh, we're prepared to be creative as well as prudent. For example, if we're unable to host fans in the East because of COVID, we're prepared to start play in the West. So basically they're saying that the season could start August 5th, but only in part of the country, almost anticipating that they think Ontario could be the last maybe to get the approval and it that's interesting steve because if you look at where the strongest markets in the cfl um winnipeg regina edmonton calgary calgary yeah so 
and when they talk about you know a, a significant number of venues, you know, could this be where the West almost props up the league if they can get permission in the prairies? Um, if Manitoba, Alberta, Saskatchewan kind of well, what would the other two? What would the other teams do? Not play, or they'd play? They'd have two teams in each city. Yeah, or they're something? basically saying they'd catch up. They, they. I mean, I don't know if they'd do a more truncated schedule. Have Nineteen games and thirty-one games. Yeah, like the days? Vancouver Canucks, yeah. it's worked out okay for them. Um, but you look at, I mean, we're, if we're talking money, and this really does come down to money, right? Uh, if you could have a significant number of fans, to use their language. In, Whatever that means. Right. I, I assume that means more than half capacity. I, I would I would. Not, I think significant I, I, usually no means a majority. Does it? Majority? That's what I would oh, take okay. it to mean. That's interesting. So does that mean five of nine and of teams and, and half capacity? But, you know, the CFL would the money that could come say from the western markets if they could achieve that goal could probably help i mean is toronto getting half capacity anyways even if there was no yeah, COVID? right um so you nbc know, i'll say this we've been critical of the cfl for and rightfully so they haven't been very transparent there's been you know other than some leaks we really haven't heard what's going on at least they came out today and have thrown out some, you know, they've moved the goalposts for sure, but they've also set some markers now to say, well, we need to do this or this needs to happen. I think it is overly optimistic for sure. I mean, it's look, a much it's a much better written press release, yeah, for right. sure, than the CFL is kind of known for, yeah. But I go back to, and you pointed this out, the first thing that jumped out at you. I mean, it's it's uh, it's eight words to start this news release. We will play CFL football yeah, in 2021. That's pretty. That's great, but how? Right. Do you know what I mean? So if this doesn't happen, and we were talking about this before we got started, and you know, and most of the folks listening know the situation with how the country's getting vaccinated, and and what's happening with all of that, and it's going to be months before people are fully vaccinated. Sure. Lots of people are getting their first jabs, um, including yourself. Um, but it's it's going to be. A significant amount of time before the country is fully vaccinated right. to seventy percent, and so uh, this is to me, Mike. This just looks like kicking the ball down the road. It it, it really does. Yeah, it would be interesting if, to know. And the CFL doesn't say anything about this here. Do they have a number that that have they been told by health officials until X percent of the population is double dosed? This yeah, would not that, happen. I don't know. No, Does anybody know that number? Are just not, they're not doing that with. I mean, there's there's lots of other events uh, other than just Canadian football For that sure. are are hanging all kinds of summer hanging festivals. on, wondering when they're going to get yeah. to get going as well, including the National Hockey League's Winnipeg Jets, right? For next season, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, it's 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 there's a little bit more information in the release about what they hope that's going to happen and what they need to happen. They need this is what they need, right? But there's nothing in there that says what they're going to do to ensure that they play football in 2021 if these things don't happen. Right. And my looking at these things, those things are not going to happen. So the vaccine task force in Manitoba came out with an update earlier today, and they're now predicting that at the latest, they've really narrowed it. I want it. to be on a task force someday. I'd love to be on a task would force. You? <laughs> it would be. 
We should form a free press task force. I don't know what we do, but I don't know either. But we, we should get have like one. fancy cards made <laughs> up. Uh, I, I like that idea. We could have a podcast task a, force, right? Uh, but uh, they're now saying, and it's a very narrow window between uh, June fifth at the earliest, June 9th at the latest. That's going to be a very eventful week, apparently here yeah. in Manitoba. That's when they're saying they will hit the seventy percent one dose vaccinated Manitoba. Um, but what we know, Steve, is that second doses are approximately three to four months down the road. So but if that you could strap pick up though, sure, that could improve. And right? it sounds yeah. like there's a lot more Pfizer on the way and things like that. So, but even if you extrapolate three months from June the fifth, that takes you into uh, July, August, September. September, which would be like a month after. So is seventy exactly? So there's no way they're going to get started in August. But do they need 70% double dose to have a, quote, significant number of fans in a significant number of venues? I don't know the answer to yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, either. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. We've seen uh, in New York, for example, they are only letting people into Madison Square Garden and Barclays Center to watch Rangers and Islanders games if you provide proof of vaccination. Full vaccination. Full right. vaccination. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it, we've heard this talk of vaccine passports, right, for travel. Well, could you? could there be a form of a vaccine ticket that gets you into a sport venue uh and like let's look at the cfl who tends to be a big part of their audience it's a bit it skews older doesn't it i i don't know it, it it's half and half i think i think that there's a lot of young people that go and stand around and drink and don't watch rum football. hut yeah <laughs> right the rum hut might be a little <laughs> emptier than usual but if we're talking about who's going to be double dosed first in society it, it's going to be but are those by, people going to go are, are those you, people going to go they're right. going to go so i mean i don't know the answer by august the what's the date ninth they're tar targeting fifth sure. sorry by august the fifth what percentage for example of manitobans age 55 plus are going to be double dosed right. it Lots, might be yeah. a good chunk of them right are those the ones that you're looking to really push for tickets and so maybe 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 okay um I think one thing that's clear, Steve, is I'm sure CFL players probably appreciate at least getting some news. They've been complaining publicly, a lot of them, that nobody's been telling them anything. I guess now they know in terms of training and stuff, like the season was supposed to start. In so here's, a, here's, here's my advice to any CFL football <laughs> player who happens to be listening out there. Get a different job. Polish your resume. Yeah, yeah. This, 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 I, I don't – I mean, this just, again, seems like – hopeful of course optimistic and that's where we get a lot of that from the home office but i mean the reality is is that if, if you're a professional football player can you sit now and wait hoping hope is not a plan dude right <laughs> uh, that there's going to be a season august 5th I, i'm not sure about that okay folks we're back for the second period of our jet cetera podcast uh, i guess we'll switch to the jets mike um when are they playing again? Today's Wednesday. They're finally going to play again tomorrow, uh, Thursday, against the Toronto Maple Leafs, the struggling Toronto Maple <laughs> Leafs. Um, so the Jets are in a battle for first place in the Canadian division. They're fighting it out with the Leafs. What are they, three points back, four points back of the Leafs? They're four points back of the Leafs with a game in hand and, and the next two games against Toronto. And they're Toronto. one point ahead of Edmonton? Edmonton. With the same number of games. Edmonton has a game in hand on Winnipeg. Edmonton still has a game. So there's, okay, so there's four points separating these three teams right. at the top of the divisions. Um, Edmonton uh, was here on the weekend, and they they beat the Jets pretty handily. Um, 
I'd say the Jets beat themselves as well. They did. Jets didn't put up much of a fight. I guess. I thought Edmonton... Edmonton has an interesting game plan. Um, So I'll just get to this. Dave Tippett, I really like as a coach. By the way, I think the two best coaches in the division are Dave Tippett and Paul Maurice. They're veteran coaches. And and they both have a similar system. And Tippett's got... And Paul Maurice has been getting his players to buy into this and... And Dave Tippett is beginning his players to buy it. They both play a, a really tight checking, yeah, defensive oriented game, right? Do you know what I mean? Keeping it close, and then hoping that their star players um, will shine and make the difference in a game, and yep. they'll score, right? That seems to be the game plan, both of Edmonton and of Winnipeg, right? For sure. Now the thing though with Edmonton is, uh, Winnipeg, I would suggest, has more star players right. than Edmonton, but the Oilers have bigger stars yes. <laughs> than the Jets. And that, I think, continues to make the difference. The Oilers have now beat the Jets four straight games, I believe. Is that right? And held them to five total goals in yeah, those four games. Exactly. Which, so this isn't just a one-off that they're no. starting to play good defense. They are... Uh, and McDavid has... The Oilers, are, oh, the Oilers look like the best team in the division right they now, do. If in my mind. Anyway. There's actually a stat since January the 29th, which is only like two weeks after the season started. The Edmonton Oilers are the third best team in the NHL. Edmonton got off to a rough start yeah. the first couple weeks, yeah. and they've been really good kind of ever since. Um, and they're a team that I don't know that anybody would want to play them in the first round of the playoffs. If you're the Jets... You've only beat them twice in seven games. You'd have to beat them four times in seven to get out of a playoff series. Now, they seem to have a solution for the Connor McDavid line, and then that's the star player we're talking about here, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and whoever else plays with them right. at, at any time. Um, you know, the Adam Lowry line checked them really, really well in that game, and then they got a power play goal. Yeah. And then so then Pomeries changed the lines a little bit and had the – Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers line out, and then they gave up a goal right on a brutal defensive play by Kyle Connor. But um, so, want to hear a crazy stat? Sure. Uh, seven games, there have been ten goals scored this season when both Mark Shifley, these are five on five goals. Okay. Ten goals scored this year with Shifley and McDavid on the ice at the same time. Ten goals, yeah. Ten total goals right. combined. How many of them do you think Edmonton has scored? Uh, wow, ten? Nine. <laughs> Nine, yeah. Nine to yeah. one yeah. is that head-to-head. Yeah. So, uh, but I don't think that's Shifley, frankly. I'm going to defend Mark Shifley, as usual. Um, uh, it's the wingers that he plays with, right. frankly, yeah. Yeah, and and he's and it's been different wingers at the time. Now we're back to <laughs> we're back to Connor and Wheeler and Shifley. Which was a hell of a line, Steve, in 2018 when the Jets went all the way to the Western Conference Final and Mark Shifley scored like a thousand goals against the National Predators and broke records. I'm not sure that that's the line, that that could still be the line in 2021 that Paul Maurice seems to think it can be. Um, Blake Wheeler's three years older, for example. Uh, Kyle Connor, love his offensive abilities. I'm not sure Kyle Connor is much better of a defensive player today than he, he's certainly a better offensive player today. He, he's, he's better defensively in the neutral zone and in the offensive zone, but I don't know that he's better defensively in his own zone. Right. Yeah. I just wonder if you're going to play um, Shifley against the McDavid's, do you need Andrew Kopp on that line or 
I mean, again, what's the solution? Who else is there? Well, I think you just play the Lowry, Cobb, right. uh, um, Appleton And line. that's where if you're yeah. the home team, for sure, you have the benefit where you could maybe get that matchup a little more. Um, you know, it's interesting. The the, the Jets uh, very much control their fate here in terms of if they want to finish first, especially look at these next four games. They get Toronto two in a row, then they get Edmonton. Like, run the table of these next four. You'd only Then you only have seven games left. And you are in first place if you were to win the next four and you, you're you completely in the driver's seat. Um, you know, here's where finishing first might be something to really go for. You're guaranteed to avoid Edmonton in the first round if you finish first, right? You're going to play Montreal, presumably. Right. Or maybe Vancouver, who's, by the way, Vancouver's now eight points behind Montreal with four games in hand. And Vancouver's next four games are against Ottawa. Hmm. Uh, and Vancouver just swept Toronto, of course, uh, the COVID Canucks. Uh, but if you finish second or third, there's probably a good chance you're well, you're going to play one of Toronto or Edmonton. And the way the Leafs are playing and the way the Oilers are playing, maybe it would be Toronto because I honestly yeah. think Edmonton might be the team that ends up on top of the division. That's, that, I think they have a better chance. They seem to be playing the, the, the best out of... I would say that I don't say that they're playing better than the Jets. I think that they've they've played they've matched up better against right. the Jets. The Jets have been playing well. I don't they have a very good record. They're I mean, they're second in the division, right? Do you know what I mean like they they beat everybody except for the Oilers? They haven't matched up well against Edmonton. And you know I do think that that's something with the Jets' depth. They should be able to figure that out, especially when Edmonton plays McDavid and Drysaddle together. They put all their eggs in one basket. That should open up opportunities. I thought they had opportunities. I thought Mike Smith was really, he really was good. Really so good. Mike Smith, and so the, the the question that I had about both the Edmonton Oilers and the Toronto Maple Leafs going into the season, and I still have, it hasn't changed, is goaltending. The Toronto goaltending situation is a tire fire. <laughs> like it's, it. Uh, Jack Campbell might have had a great run. They were going to build a statue. Apparently, yeah, of they him were two Apparent, weeks ago. Exactly. Now they're trying to run him out of town. No, and David Riddick. Big save, Dave is yeah, red light Riddick. So they've got huge questions in in, in goal, and uh, and so acquiring Nick Foligno did nothing for them in, in that regard. So and then the Edmonton Oilers. He's I, not a goalie. He's not. I was also like Mike Smith, really, yeah. and Miko Koskinen. Koskinen. And Same two guys as last year. Yeah, who were so it's kind of like yeah. But Mike Smith is at 39 years yeah. old, is having a season. He's like 17 and four or something yeah. like that with a really good save percentage, and really good goals against average. And I, I think it was somebody on the weekend was mentioning that he should be in the Vesna Trophy uh, conversation. He's having a, a really really good year, and I thought he was the difference really in the game there the other night. As bad as the, the Jets didn't play great. But they had some really good scoring opportunities and where Smith was, he was outstanding. He was. And, uh, you know, so can you figure him out over a seven-game series? Does he regress to what? Oh, he'll melt down, yeah, for sure. Right. He and, will. He'll implode. And again, he is 39. <laughs> um, so, you know, you'd think that maybe he's kind of overachieved and, and is due for a letdown. But, yeah, I mean, it makes for an interesting stretch of hockey here for the Jets. Um, you know, there we talked – a week ago, we thought the Jets were about to play seven in a row against Toronto at Edmonton. That's now six in a row uh, because uh, they moved one of these Toronto games to the what end they, of the two year. And, two and one so far? They're one and one. A one and one. A very, they've only yeah. played twice since we did this. A very impressive win. Very impressive win over Toronto last week to finish out the road trip. 
And then a bit of a predictable stinker coming back off a road trip. I mean, it's a tale as old as time. I don't know why this is. Almost need a psychologist to explain this. Teams inevitably seem to exhale when they come back after a road trip and they lay an egg. It, it seems to always happen. Some um, sort of weird excuse. So the schedule is played. That's why it's so hard to get a read this it is. year is that the schedule and the others were coming off a six-day break or something right. like that. And so it's really hard to get a read on things. Now the Jets will be coming off a break and Toronto's coming limping in from Vancouver. And so it, it, that's why all of this is almost superfluous in that nothing's, nothing is really telling me anything until th- the middle of May. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're Toronto, for sure, you look at these last couple games, as you say, goaltending's a tire fire. David Riddich imploded last night in Vancouver. So um, those are warning signs Apparently for sure. Apparently the Vancouver sh- Canucks announcer started to laugh when he let in one goal. Oh, that, that fifth goal was one of the worst <laughs> goals I've ever seen in a ho- in an NHL hockey really? game. It was, I missed it. It, was so, it was a shot, Steve, that wasn't even going to be on net, and it hit him in the pad and went in. The, oh. It was just, it was like Timbits hockey. <laughs> All right, folks, we're back for the third period of our Jet Setra podcast. <laughs> Cranking out the hits since 2020. I was listening to the first Rush album on the drive into work today, Working Man. You weren't what, biking into work. What then, a I great song that is. Working Man is a good song. Oh, yeah. my God. I went to their... I went to the very first concert in the 90s. My very first rock Winnipeg concert Arena? was Rush. No, it was at the convention center. Oh, they, and it yeah. It just opened, yeah. So, anyways, tangent. <laughs> um, you had a column this week, Mike, yesterday... The day before, someday this week, I took Monday off, so I'm still trying to figure yeah. out what day it is today. You thought I was working yesterday. I did. I thought it was Monday because I was the first day back. <laughs> right. I took Monday off. I was like, where does Mike Where McIntyre? are you? Where are you? How come you are not doing anything today? <laughs> I gave him the day off, and then I'm bugging him. Um, that happens with, uh, that just happens. Folks. Yeah. Um, so you wrote uh, that, uh, well, the headline was Pierre-Luc Dubois' <laughs> play is kind of dubious lately dubois dubious not bad nice headline yeah by mr golf he's our resident headline i knew exactly who wrote that when i saw (laughs) it it's pretty easy to figure out good one so okay so um his play has been um uh i don't know i'm not sure how to describe it i'm not sure what the correct adjective is is that an adjective uninspiring at times um yeah i don't I, i was gonna say that but did you know steve he's played 30 games with the jets okay 18 of them he hasn't had a point okay that's concerning to me okay he's he's got 19 points but they've all happened in 12 games right that to me that's the epitome of inconsistent right uh i look so inconsistent would be fair yeah right i look at a guy like mark shifley who he kind of just keeps putting up points right like you you won't find more than a couple games where he doesn't get a point he's consistent in his offense Pierre-Luc Dubois is the opposite of that. He's maybe streaky would be the word. But to me, 18 out of 30 games that you're not producing anything when you're playing top six on a team that scores a lot of goals and you're on the power play. Do they? Well, they're still like eighth or ninth in the whole NHL for offense. Yeah. 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 But uh, the fact that he's had 18 games and, you know, I was sitting at Saturday's game with, with our boss, Paul Simon. He, uh, he came by the, uh, the game and there was a, a point in the, in the game where Paul said to me, uh, Jesse Pugliarvi, who is the fourth overall pick uh, right after Dubois, who also wears number 13, scored a really nice goal for the Oilers. And Paul Simon says to me, 
well, that's the first time I've noticed a number 13 all game. It was a shot at Dubois. Zing. Yeah. And it was true. And, we, and then we talked a little bit about how Dubois' play. I mean, all of the Jets were were bad on Saturday. But, you know, the, and I wrote this in my column. There was one particular play early in the game that I don't want to say Dubois just quit on the play, but he it looked like he just quit on the play. Like he had a chance to go after a loose puck. And he was just sort of gliding after it. And then when the Edmonton defenseman kind of got to it first, he normally you see a guy like keep going. He just kind of just stopped. And I thought, oh, that's not. End the, of the shift or anything? No, it was early in the shift. It just didn't seem to have any jump. And again. He's Although t- nobody did. Nobody did. He's 22. Um, he's going to be a good player. Uh, they've moved him around. He's been on the wing. He's been center. He's had all kinds of different line mates. He had the quarantine. He had the injury. A new city. I get all of that. I just the point of my column was if the Jets are going to go anywhere in these playoffs, I think they need Pierre Luc Dubois to be the kind of performer he was in the playoffs last year. He was dynamite for Columbus when they upset Toronto in the first round. I had a hat trick. His only career hat trick came. So maybe that's a good sign. He's had big games on a big stage. I just think uh, you need a little more from him. And it was interesting, Paul Maurice, he wasn't asked about my column yesterday, but he was asked about Pierre-Luc Dubois, and he had an interesting... Uh, yeah, he defended him for sure. Yeah, he says... Yeah, after, he said, don't sell the... If you got the jersey, if you bought the Dubois jersey, don't go selling it what just I, yet. What I find... What my take on Pierre-Luc Dubois right now is just, it's a guy that is not playing uh, instinctually, uh, instinctively. Right. Is that... Is that Instinctively, yeah. Thanks. My grammar's terrible. I'm the editor, folks. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, he, he was a certain type of player until he came to the Jets. And right. So, and they've been trying to change him. Okay, so the, here's a guy that was really relied on on the rush. So he would he would use his skating ability. Yep. He would go back into the defensive zone, get the puck and rush it. A driver, like he would he would say. And now they're trying to turn him into more of a puck possession down low player yep. here, right? And they want him to really concentrate on his down low play in the defensive zone as well, which I think, which he's been really good at from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. And so what I find is that I, I, at times is that he has, he seems to hesitate on the play. Now that maybe that, or, or doesn't know what to do. He, he, he just doesn't seem like a guy who's just playing free and natural, right? right. You know what I mean? And so I think that that's, that's been the situation with him this year. Yeah, he's, he's the youngest player on the team. I, I suspect there's still this feeling out process. And, and I mentioned this again in my column that let's not forget the Jets have had like almost no practices this year. This is a weird year. It's not a normal schedule. So he's maybe had like eight or nine total practices. That's not a lot of time to just get used to these guys thrive on reps repetition and he's going to be so under the microscope here though obviously because you know he was acquired uh, in exchange for Patrick Liney right okay who was going to be a hall of fame (laughs) player here and Jack Roslovic so and the price was high to acquire Pierre-Luc Dubois so yeah the expectations are always going to be high for him um We'll see, but this, as you did note in your column, I still think that this is something that won't be determined until oh, for sure. oh, another five or six years. Right yeah, now. we got to see what these players ultimately become. We got to see uh, what their next contracts look like. In Line's case, 
we got to see does he even stay in Columbus? If and then if he gets moved, if if Yarmo Kekalainen ends up trading him again, like what do they get back? And then it's kind of, that's kind of moot, anyways. Though Alainey was not going to resign here. No, right? Jack Rosovic had no interest in resigning here, and so the reality is is that. Liney was not going to be the Hall of Fame player right. here in Winnipeg that everybody anticipated he was going to, for whatever reasons. Want to hear the best conspiracy theory that I've heard out there? That Liney, sure, Liney now realizes that he made a mistake, that he had it pretty good here, uh-huh. and uh, he's a UFA in another year from now, right? And that he'll resign in Winnipeg, wow, um, at a lower price because he's brought his value down. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if that ended up happening? I, I, I don't subscribe to that conspiracy theory, but I, I don't mind the odd conspiracy theory, and that's a pretty good one. Now, you know, I why sus- would they want him? Well, why would they want him? I yeah. don't know. I mean, he did play the best hockey of his young career. Came as a Winnipeg Jet. Like, I don't know. I, I'm sure there has been a bit of an eye opening going on that grass maybe isn't always greener right. now maybe he'll find some green grass somewhere else whether it's in new york or who knows where uh florida maybe he'll go play with his buddy barkov in, in down in sunrise but clearly the grass has not been greener in columbus he's having a <laughs> miserable time with the blue jackets and I, I do wonder if you were to give him some uh, sodium pentanol is that truth for him if he would if he would admit that he kind of misses winnipeg right now <laughs> All right, folks, we're back for the overtime session of our uh, Jet Cetra slash Bomber Cetra podcast today. Uh, Mike, I got an email from you on Saturday. I think it was Saturday. No, it was Sunday morning. You were super jacked. Yes. There was an opportunity to rush down to shoppers at Tuxedo and get jabbed with the AstraZeneca vaccine. Um, they've lowered the age. They had excess supply. Um like 50,000 doses of AstraZeneca that were just sitting in pharmacies and doctor's offices. So they lowered the age to 40. 40. Is that what they did? Yeah. And for those who haven't been following, the reason they did that, there had been some concerns about clotting issues in limited cases. So they originally AstraZeneca was available like the other vaccines for all ages. And then they really narrowed it, I think, to just 55 to 64 which obviously made it difficult to find enough people to give it to. But now Health Canada's, they've done some further studies. They've deemed that it's safe. Health Canada's approved it. So yeah, Ontario first, then Alberta, now Manitoba, and I think other provinces, BC as well, have opened the door. And that's created like this gold rush of people like me. What, what are we? Are we millennials? Is that what? Uh... No, I don't think so. Generation I, I X. No I don't know what we are. No idea. Whatever we are, uh, we're rushing now to get these doses. Right. And in my case, like life moves fast, Steve. I woke up Monday morning. Manitoba hadn't yet approved it. Ontario and Alberta had. Um, and it was Monday, by the way. I sent you that email because it only no had... the Sunday when you sent you sent it. Oh right, poli- because yeah. they were there was and a, you there was met the qualification. On, there you was were... a thing on Twitter about that's people right, a, a tuxedo shoppers right, yeah, that being had fifty four. They were older, looking yeah. for people that yeah. day that yeah, it that was going to go yeah. bad. Yeah. Uh, so I woke up Monday morning and it was still the fifty five to sixty four. I'm forty six, but then at around nine thirty they officially announced it was now forty and up. Uh, I immediately called the nearest pharmacy to where I live, just a few minutes away. Said, based on today's announcement, are you doing shots? Yeah. How old are you? 46. All right. When do you want to come in? Anytime after 3.30 today. 
Uh, so just like that, at 3.30 on Monday afternoon, like six hours after the announcement, I got, uh, I got the shot in the arm. You did not go to Shoppers because you have an appointment pending, right? I have right? an appointment, yeah, at the Super Site, the convention center, um, next, next Tuesday, April the 27th. And right. I'd already booked that. Yeah. And so I just... I, I just felt that that was my place in line and and I was okay with that. Right. Do you know what I mean? So I, I, there were a lot of other people and hey, I, I, people are, do whatever you want to do um, that changed their appointments and went for the AstraZeneca one or they, um, et cetera. Well, et cetera. I, I don't get why it's different age for one vaccine and for another one. I, I, it seems all confusing to me. So I was just like, yeah, eh, whatever. I'm just going to stick with my place in line. I have right. my appointment. So I'll, I'll here's the offshoot of, of all of us 40-somethings rushing out to get AstraZeneca right. this week. It's moving. The whole queue is moving quicker now. I just see right now, three minutes ago, the province announced the age has dropped. This is now for everything, has dropped to 50. Oh, it dropped nice. to 52 yesterday. Right. It was 54 the day before. It was 56 the day before. Like, so that's good. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, and, and that's why I jumped at the chance, Steve. I mean, there's a lot of doctors saying the best vaccine is the first vaccine that you can get. Don't people saying don't vaccine shop as soon as you can go, go, which was my mindset, of course. And I just figured the sooner we all get our shots, yeah. the better as a society we uh, we yeah. are. Uh, and I must say my social media feed on Monday <laughs> I'm was... I'm a brand guy. Yeah. <laughs> Holding out for the Pfizer, uh, the Pfizer well, 2021. I'm already booked for it, so yeah. I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm like, so, okay, uh, yeah. The, I've heard uh, of them. I've actually heard of them. I heard of them before the right, COVID, right? Thing, so I'm gonna go with them. The yeah. um, <laughs> the social media was actually a really happy place on Monday for a change. It wasn't just people screaming into the abyss, and uh, it was a happy place. People posting their vaccination pictures. And yeah, so a couple things on this. So first off, um, um. I don't know that everything is just going to flip to no. being back to normal once all of us get one jab. Do you know what I mean? It so shouldn't is, because we're no. still not fully protected. No, we need there's that still a dose. lot going on out there, right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so it's not a license to be reckless. That's for sure. No, nothing I, changes for me, um, but it's an it's a step. Yeah, an important step. So you, you felt okay. Afterwards? Zero side effects. So I actually know a few people. Everybody's uh, phoning in sick at work today. Here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they emailed in. Nobody phones in sick anymore. Because vaccine related. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Because yeah. yeah, I know a lot of people got jabbed here in the building. We have a lot of forty and fifty somethings here. Um, so a buddy of mine, uh, another media guy, he got jabbed Monday as well. And he, jabbed. we were texting last night and he's like, you got no side effects? I'm like, no, none. I said, I went for a four mile run yesterday. I felt great. He's like, oh, I got chills. I got a fever. I'm nauseous. Yeah. And we got the same vaccine. Right. And, but I've heard that from a few other people. Yeah. Uh, I honestly had, uh, the only thing I can say I had is Monday night. I woke up at about two in the morning and I just felt like I had a little bit of a headache, but it wasn't, I've had way worse headaches, just had a bit of a headache and I probably didn't have the greatest sleep Monday night. I don't sleep the greatest anyways, but it felt like it was a little more restless. Um, no arm soreness, nothing. And then by Tuesday, like I felt great. It was right a now. normal day. Yeah. I've never had a, uh, I've never had a flu shot. Um, just I've never I've never had the flu like rarely do right I, do I ever get the flu yeah, so I never, never, never really bothered to get a flu shot right do you know what I mean and so 
Um, I've never had COVID either, but I'm still going to get a COVID <laughs> right. shot. Um, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not anti-vaccine or pro-vaccine. I'm not. I just go along, really. I don't debate these things, or whatever. Seems like it's the right thing to do is to get right, one. Right. So I'm going to get one. Yeah. 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 Um, I had a fun discussion with my nurse. So I'm, I'm a weirdo. Uh, in that I don't mind getting, I, I, I don't care about the needle. Like I don't, she's like, are you okay with needles? I'm like, I'm, yeah, fine, I'm fine with yeah. needles, yeah, yeah. except I said, I'm not giving blood. Like I am the most, oh, yeah, right. yeah, I need to lay down you mentioned this before. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's, it's the, the sight of the blood going into well, the Well, it's the difference. No, it's the difference between putting it in my vein and just sticking it in my arm like a muscle. So they just stick it into your, yeah, it just there, goes right? into your delt deltoid. Is that what deltoid, it is? Yeah. 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 So it's not going into a vein. You don't have to make the fist. Should I work and my deltoids a little more this week? You should. Now, my my advice would be, I'm right. You're right-handed as well, right? I am, yeah. Yeah. So they say get it in your off, like so. I got it in my left. Yeah. Because I'm because some people do get the sh soreness, and um, I didn't. My but right arm already hurts. I I had this mountain biking accident last year, and it's still bugging me. Oh. A year later, yeah. So. Yeah, that's the only uh, uh, advice, I guess. I didn't even get, uh, I went with my cousin. She's 50. She came at the same time because they were looking for other people. Uh, she got a Band-Aid and I didn't. And I kind of oh, felt why? like, well, because apparently she had a little bit of blood and I didn't have any blood. I thought I saw in your picture there. Yeah, so, a so that's on. the fun. So I put I put my own Band-Aid on just for my picture. And then I had a nurse who saw the picture and she's like, that doesn't look like that was in that was that professionally done. That doesn't look like that's where the needle should have gone. <laughs> and I'm like, to be honest, that's probably not where the needle went. I said, I didn't get a Band-Aid. I just slapped one on for the picture. <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, I'm uh, happy for you. By this time next week, yes. uh, we'll be doing this next Wednesday. Uh, that will be the morning after I get my jab. Hopefully, I'll be up to this. Um, if not, uh, nah, I'm sure I'll be fine, right? You should be, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see, I guess. <laughs> I'm going for a massage on the Tuesday in the morning for my arm here. And then I'm oh, going for a shot. That's an in interesting day you have. I know. Yeah. I had, I, I, and I had the massage already planned. And then, uh, and then I booked the shot in the evening. And so, yeah, I was going to get both arms worked on that day. <laughs> um, and, then, uh, and then we'll chat with you folks on the Wednesday. Yeah. We'll so, see. meantime, uh, enjoy the improving weather, I hope. And um, for anybody who's getting their job, good luck with that. All right, folks. Have a great week. See you next week. Bye.